One day, a little boy named Nick Weiger was riding his big wheel when he discovered that the biggest wheel could be as big as he wanted if he only believed in it. So he made it as big as a person, then a car, then he made the wheel as big as a building. Soon, he was riding his big wheel over the sea, forming waves that crashed over cities and swallowed mountains. Nick biked and biked until he got hungry, so he poured himself a bowl of cereal, but accidentally jammed the spoon too far into his mouth and he choked to death. What remains of Nick Weiger? I died rock hard. We morph into owls and live in bunkers for 30 years in critically acclaimed first-person mystery What Remains of Edith Finch, this week on How Did This Get Played. this get played the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest and warfiest video games of all time that third w was by nicholas cage against the machine at bubblelicious 47 submit yours at get played pod hashtag www i'm another w nick weiger alongside heather ann campbell hi i'm heather ann campbell alongside our producer matt apodaca hello everyone hello everyone and welcome back bucket edge guys <laughs> this is our first record of 2021 uh yeah. we've, we've released a couple episodes but those were banked episodes so it's been a yeah. little bit and i think we should perhaps recap what we've been up to gaming wise before we descend into gaming hell by first spending 70 seconds in gaming heaven matt let us know when to begin begin uh i will say my two big headlines are we did the the super meat boy episode with uh, with berg our buddy berg I finished Super Meat Boy. Wow. Yeah. I, I completed I beat Super Meat Boy. All so, right. So uh, that's done. That that task is uh, off my life checklist. Um, and I also beat Cyberpunk 2077, which I have mixed feelings about. Heather, you are playing this right now. Yeah, uh, I've been playing Cyberpunk 2077. Um, uh, also, a couple of my friends and I, we tried to game the system and we stormed the Capitol. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> And uh, that's <laughs> that's all I've been up to. <laughs> uh, Did you hundred percent that, or? <laughs> um, I'll say that before the break, I started to trim my backlog, which I was very excited about. I was like closing games left and right. I was yes. Here's five. I you know I finished Death Stranding before that. I finished a couple other games. Um, and then over the break, I've somehow managed to make my backlog worse than it was before. It's, oh, yeah. Ooh. Time's up. Can I, can I 
spoil, can I spoil the idea that we're going to do a cyberpunk episode? Can I say that here? Sure. I, I mean, sometime in the future, sometime in the future, we're going to do one, right? We yeah, I, would th- I mean, I would think so when you guys have finished it. It's, it's worth it. talking about. It's it's Not, definitely it in the conversation definitely. of yeah, <laughs> the, the games we cover on this podcast. Can I can I say my favorite glitch that I've had so far? Yes. Uh, is that there's a woman who's like in bed and she's sick or in a coma or something, right? And mm-hmm. uh, you're like talking to another person and like you go back to check on her in her room and she, in mind, she was standing up T-post on the bed. <laughs> 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 if that were to happen in real life it would be a medical marvel yeah literally in a christ pose <laughs> I, I, yeah it, it is that is like a bummer we, we should we should intro our guests and talk about this week's game because we could talk about cyberpunk for for the whole episode easily but it, it, it how many poignant moments how many like story moments were undercut by some sort of glitch is a real uh, like, like for me, I got a lot of audio glitches too. And, you know, that mm. was like just kind of, and they weren't even fun. They were just like, this just, the sound is just distorted or two voiceover clips are playing at the same time. And, and, and this is during like a cut scene that's important to the story. It, it's like how many times that, that kind of undercuts something that's supposed to have some sort of emotional resonance is really one of the more disappointing things of a game that I still overall liked. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's save it for the episode. Okay. But boy, oh boy, can't wait to talk Cyberpunk 2077. Speaking of cyberpunks, <laughs> we've got one hell of a cyberpunk. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What wow. a stretch. In every way. <laughs> Logically, verbally. You lost faith in it as you said it. Every which way. Stretched. Returning to the show, our guest and actor and comedian for Upright Citizens Brigade, Will Hines is back. Hi, Will. Hey, hi. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. Love this show. Oh, th- thank you so much for being here. We, we yeah. love having you. And and Will, we talked about uh, to to recap with uh, uh, for people who didn't li- didn't hear your first episode, which is a which is a great lesson. Um, you are someone who came to gaming late. relatively late in life. That's you, correct. You, you, as an adult, you began yeah, playing like video games. At the age of forty eight, I started playing <laughs> video games. And right. Just two years ago, I hit the big five zero. You can do the math. Still, play, and it's ruined my life. I've now played video games all the time, and it's like it's ruined me. It really was a bad decision. Like it's, it's been bad. I have an unhealthy relationship with playing video games, and I love it. And uh, but yeah, just started pretty recently, just like two years ago. So yeah, my, um, yeah. A, a great time to to get into games, though. And, and you, I, I know, like when I, you know, because I, I've, I've been mindful of what you've been playing, mm. uh, and you seem to be kind of going through a big checklist of like some, some big, the, the big you know, ones, some big ones. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I just, uh, I just hundred percented Red Dead Redemption Two, which was wow. insane to do. <laughs> like that was so unnecessary and really not fun. Like, I mean, an in- incredibly enjoyable game. Obviously, I loved so- it. Like everybody loves it. Uh, can I ask? Because I, yes. I I don't know what that entails. Did you have to skin every type of animal? Yes. I mean, everything. I did everything. Like, <laughs> wow. I have to catch one of every fish, uh, cook one of every type of meat. I caught, you know, I looked for orchids for days. Uh, just really mundane tasks. All the little challenges. But yeah, I, I, mean, I say it wasn't fun. I, I did actually really enjoy it. But it, there definitely was like, 
to get 75% completion in Red Dead Redemption is a complete party, like super sure. fun, really enjoyable, gripping stories and characters. And then it's 25% an insane grind that I refuse to give up on. <laughs> yeah, it was stuff yeah. it was stuff like that. It was like skinning every animal and like just yeah, looking at lots of points of interest. I I love that game. I, yeah. So I did that and then I'm I'm two thirds of the way through Ghost of Tsushima. Wow. Which yeah. I'm really enjoying. That's and, a Nick uh, Weiger favorite. I had I had a lot of fun with Ghost of Tsushima. Yes. It's a good it's a good warm down from Red Dead too, because it is like really big and it's a big story game, but compared to Red Dead, it feels in a in a way that I like, kind of simple and repetitive. It's I can just sort of pleasantly gl- grind through it. The the mm-hmm. scope is manageable. I I 100% of that game which I never do. And uh, but the the trophies are just like so they're they're achievable enough where if you did Red Dead you should absolutely plan on oh, I'll do platinum it. in Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. Um uh, I you you're just des- you describing your habit. It reminds me of the comparison in my head is Bob Crane, <laughs> uh the late star of Hogan's Heroes <laughs> yes, who Jesus if you don't know Christ. the story <laughs> oh my and god, what don't. a horrible this is this is already the worst comparison anybody's ever made about me in my life. I, I love it. I just that Bob Crane was like a guy who was like very religious and like I think was like like chased until marriage, like you know, and like had like one sexual partner, his wife, and then late in life became just like a hardcore swinger. Yeah. Uh, to the point where he was having like filmed orgies. And it ultimately led to circumstantially his death. Wow! Just yeah. like someone who's just like 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 oh, I was never into this world, and then just going s- the pendulum swinging so hard in the opposite direction. Yeah, it seems like that with you with video gaming. <laughs> yeah. <And> also, <laughs> potentially your habit is more destructive. Worse, I think. Yeah. Yes. If I was just filming orgies, <laughs> that'd be a human connection. You know, that would be like exploring sexuality in a perhaps progressive way. This is like me alienating my friends. <laughs> <laughs> zeroing in only on the lizard part of my brain that looks for completion <laughs> hits in the most mundane way. Yeah, no, it's definitely where it'd be better if I was a hardcore swinger, uh, for sure. Um, uh, but but you you're playing Ghost of Tsushima. Um, uh, what else have you been playing lately? So I mean, that's the one I'm doing lately. And of course, the game we have today, I played and I really loved. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Red Dead took over my life. What was I doing? I can't even remember what I was doing right before Red. Oh, it was Last of Us Part Two. I was going through for like a kind of a second time, but I, right. I did. I gave up on a, the second play. I mean, I enjoyed it, but I I got my fill somewhere during my second playthrough. I was like, you know what? This world's bleak. I'm stepping <laughs> yes. away. Mm. You it's did Uncharted and you did Miles Morales. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. You're right. I did all of Miles. I forgot. I 100 uh, percent of Miles Morales. Uh, you know, a, that's sort of a DLC plus sized sure. game. And, loved it. Uh, loved it. I loved it too. It was really, and I, the original Spider-Man is still my favorite. So Miles was kind of a supercharged, more, the battles were more fun, which I really liked. The fights in the Miles, mm-hmm. the Miles mm-hmm. game. And oh yeah, I did, I did all four Uncharted. I almost forgot. The un- Uncharted are like candy. They're, they're so enjoyable, yes. but they, they kind of weirdly, they, they're really like Mission Impossible movies in which I enjoy them so much, but they don't stay with me. Like I, I can recall moments of Last of Us and, and Left Behind and Last of Us Part Two vividly, like they left this deep emotional impression. But Uncharted is just like a pleasant little walk through yeah. a meadow, and I, I just can't quite remember them. I can't remember which happened in which game and stuff like that. Uh, I, I, yeah, because I, I, I similarly, I you know, I, and I'd played Uncharted one, but that was the one entry in the series I'd played. I played through the Uncharted series last year as well, and it, it's a similar sort of thing of just 
It, you, we're talking about this in the context of a of a you know a, a, an Indiana Jones game from Bethesda just got announced. Um, uh, but it, it's that it's that same sort of thing. If it is just sort of like, yeah, very disposable but super yeah. fun. I, I I like there are set pieces I can think of, like the the train set piece. I can really, yes. but even that, I'm like, wait, was that two or three? I think that was right. two because two has two. the. That's the bookmarks, two. yeah, yeah. The, the plane the book crashing end. in three, I think, is my favorite single sort of set sequence in all the Uncharted stuff. Yes, that's rad. Um, that was, yeah. I mean, they're not, it was great. I love all those games. Um, but I don't know. It's just weird how I couldn't quite even remember. Oh, I played The Witness, that puzzle game oh, on yeah. the island. Oh, yeah. Where you go around the island. Yes, Jonathan that Jonathan Blow game. game. Um, it was incredible. I, I played it, like, honestly, about 50% of the way through, and then I just cheated, cheated, cheated my way to the end. <laughs> uh, um, but it was really, I really loved the design on that. Um, uh, it was mesmerizing. Uh, that was a game that when my roommate would walk through my apartment and see me playing The Witness, I'd be embarrassed. Like, to see, to be playing Uncharted, it's like, oh, you're playing a video game. You're shooting things and getting things. And and Red Dead Redemption, even if you're just, like, doing something mundane like fishing, it still looks like a game. But The Witness is this silent, just leaves crunching on the ground, and then I'm moving a Tetris-like board. It's like, what? This is interesting to you? And I'm like, it unfortunately is deeply interesting to me. But I, I love it. Um, well, I think in that in that department, in that neighborhood of the witnesses, this week's game. Yes. What remains of Edith Finch? Yeah. A first person adventure released in 2017. What remains of Edith Finch is a 2017 adventure game, uh, which was developed by Giant Sparrow and published by Annapurna Interactive. Um, it is a first person exploration adventure game. With very, very rudimentary puzzle solving, uh, it is mostly a linear narrative uh, that tells the story of the Finch family. Uh, it was released for Windows, PlayStation 4, Xbox One in 2017, and the Nintendo Switch in 2019. Now, other games from 2017 include The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Horizon Zero Dawn, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, and uh, Destiny 2. Two. And Cuphead, um, Mario Odyssey. What a year for games! Sonic Mania. Oh yeah, Sonic Mania. Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. I mean, who can forget that Fortnite came out in 2017? Wow! But also, so did Thimbleweed Park. Mm, yes. Um, point and click adventure game. Uh, but uh, what remains of Edith Finch? You know, Matt, you were talking about backlogs earlier. Yes. This game was one that was in my backlog, and Will, when you wanted to talk about it, I was excited because this one's been sitting unplayed in my Steam library for years. It was one of those ones that came that went on sale. It was like 80% off, and I was like, well, mm -hmm. fuck, I heard this game's good. I'll get that, and then I yeah. just never played it, and I probably yeah. would have gone to my grave without playing it if not for this podcast. <laughs> yes. Um, but why, why did you want to explore what remains of Edith Finch? Well, when, when I was – so I, I would – I occasionally will just Google like best games for PS4 or something like that. That's the system I have. And sure. Cut, kind of read through the descriptions and see what grabs me. And Edith Finch is not, it's not one that's on everybody's list, but it was sort of a frequent one that would pop up. Like if it was a top 30 games, it'd be down there in the twenties somewhere. But the descriptions would always be like, this is a really unique experience. It'd be, they'd be more fervent. They'd be like, this is a really unique experience for such a short game. It's really impactful and just kind of tucked it away. I was like, oh, this one's going to be a good, like, palate cleanser. Really, because it was a short game grabbed my... I was like, I need I need the... You know, after you do, like, Red Dead, 
you kind of want like something you can get through that without devoting your life to it. So I don't know. I just had it tucked away as something that seemed different. Plus, I was a big fan of text adventures as a kid. Mm. Like old, old school Zork, just, you know, get yeah. lamp type stuff. Love it. And I, I felt like this was in that realm. Like Thimbleweed Park. I played Thimbleweed Park. Wow. Um, yeah, I know. Strange. But um, so I don't Is know. It? I, um, it, it feels like one that people didn't run to. Is that Was it a big hit? I, I feel like. It was one I, of those I games Thimbleweed... that came out in 2017. You're, I, I think it was well. <laughs> I think it was well received by that uh, by the. I, I haven't played it, but I think it was well received by the audience for those for graphic adventures. It was nostalgic. It was yeah. just like oh, a trip down. It was like a Monkey Island sort of situation, right? Anyway, I was at a, uh, a an event at the gallery. I am eight bit uh, here in Los Angeles when uh, a, a good friend of mine. Uh, said, have you played Edith Finch? And I was like, uh, no, I haven't played it yet. And he was like, you got to get it today. <laughs> and they sold uh, hard copies of it wow. at the gallery. Um, and so it, it's sort of like a video game themed uh, development gallery space. Uh, so I bought a copy of Edith Finch that day and it's just been sitting on my shelf. Mm. So I had yet to complete it until until this run through. And I'm really grateful that you suggested it oh yeah yeah this worked oh. out great for us uh and and i should say for anyone who wants to play along with this uh with this episode as of this record it's currently on game pass so yeah you can you can try this you can get this one out for free it's not if, if you're well for free if you're a game pass subscriber it's included with your subscription um but it's you know it's only like a two to three hour i think experience so it's it's a short little shorty if you want yeah. to play through it and then listen to our thoughts which we're going to share now First thing I'll say is this game was inspired by weird fiction. So people will be like, you know, this is a like like wait, why is this game being covered on your podcast? According to developers, it's weird. That's like <laughs> they they went in trying to make a weird game. So worst and weirdest this absolutely slots in. It yeah. it's fucking weird. Yeah. 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 And also I would like to say full spoilers ahead. Like there's sure. not really a way to talk about this game. Yeah. Uh, without spoiling it, because there's not, I mean, it's its only a few hours long, so you kind of have to speak about the whole thing, um, which is the story of, uh, ostensibly, uh, a young girl who is investigating a house uh, where she grew up, and uh, her grandmother, mother, uh, believed that the house and the family was cursed, so that sure. each member of the family was uh, dying. And in an effort to lock up the curse, every room in the house was sealed. And your experience of the game is navigating through the house by finding secret hidden passages and uh, looking for clues in, like, trying to find out where a key goes, even though there's only one keyhole in a room, for example. Um, and finding out uh, what happened to each member of the family in these immersive first-person vignettes where you become those people and experience their tragedies uh, while moving through the house. Um, yeah, yeah, that's not a bad description. I think that's I did really, a good really job. That's really, really nice. That's yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it, it, I was describing uh, I, I was describing this game to, uh, to Natalie uh, as I was playing through it, and she was like, "Oh, that sounds like that pirate game you played for the podcast, Obradin." Hmm. Obradin, yes. Um, 
and uh, which is not actually pirates, but I didn't correct her. What 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 good would that do me? Um, <laughs> yeah, but- why correct somebody who doesn't exist? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, I put the sock with a wig on it back in my drawer. <laughs> It's, it is very, very similar in that way. And then you're playing the last moments of a bunch of people, but it's I, it, as gruesome as as Obra Dinn is. I found this game more disturbing because in part you are it, it, like a, like numerous characters here are children. Yes. And so yeah. you're you're enduring a child's death, even if it's presented in kind of a whimsical way. When you actually think about what you're doing, it's like, man, this is fucking I was just I was like an eight year old boy on a swing. Yeah. And then I just like swung around and like fucking, I guess, fell off and plummeted to my death. Yeah. Like that's yeah. what I just played through. Yeah. The, the drowning sequence was yeah. for me the most upsetting. The rest yeah. of them, oh, yeah. I could kind of be like, as soon as you're in a bathtub and you're a baby, you're like, fuck. Yeah. I, right. And everybody's dying. You know, you're going to drown. Yeah. Uh, and that was, that was for me the worst one. Yeah. Yes. For sure. Uh, I think there's no doubt about it. Like, even if you read, if you read reviews of the game, which I did after I finished, like, that's the sequence that everybody's sort of, that's a make or break uh, for people in terms of how much they can sort of take. Because it's pretty, it's pretty gruesome game. Um, Yeah, I I have actually had a Steam Store review on this topic, which is, uh, this is not recommended, 1.3 hours on record, so you can see basically precisely where they bailed out. Uh, I have a one-year-old and got to experience killing him in this game. I have been gaming for 30 years, and this is my first panic attack. Screw these people and everything they stand for. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, his... his child was the one featured in the game i mean that's yeah, that's a that, rights they, issue right they there should have told him, yeah. <laughs> they should have given him a heads up um i i could understand it like i uh i i don't think this is an insensitive game or anything that's cavalier or sure. whatever but uh yeah if you're not in the right th- this is this is a gruesome game All the char- there's so many characters deaths a lot of them children like you say um so if you if you're not able to have sort of a distance from that as a story, yeah, it's it's going to be too much to endure. I, I I was really I was really into it. I, I not not for that reason. I I was wrapped up with the atmosphere. It yes. worked. This game worked on me. Like I was very sucked in. I think the fact that it's short is key. Like I think I would have run out of patience for it, but it kind of ended as I wanted it to. I was like, oh, this mm-hmm. this was great. Like I just right when I was kind of done with it, it was done, and I really yeah, also I, I, felt- I agree with you. It also felt, and this is, I think, a hallmark of Annapurna uh, as a company, at least until, you know, very recently, is that that it it felt like a complete thought. Like it Mm. was not, it did not feel compromised in any way. It felt like it didn't have a ton of notes applied to it. It was like, I'm going to, I'm going to make a video game that is a first person exploration of the deaths of a bunch of children. And nobody was like, maybe, you know, don't. Um, Yeah. Go ahead, Nick. I was just going to say on on that topic, reading about its development, it seemed like that was because this was originally going to be uh, uh, for Sony. 
and it, it moved over to Annapurna, and it seemed like that switch was part of why they had that that creative leeway to, to explore some of these topics. But sorry, mm-hmm. please finish your point. Um, I don't remember my point. I can't. I'm a, <laughs> well, Jesus. I, I, honestly, I live in the present. <laughs> uh, even though it's completely fair to say that this this game in showing the deaths of a lot of characters, including children, that's like, I don't know, maybe like one of one of the main things that happens. I, I did, that wasn't like the main focus I had as I was going through the game. It wasn't. Like, I can't wait to see another kid die, or like sure. I wonder how they're gonna. Like this was somebody trying to sort out what happened to her family. I thought, you know, the emotional experience is like, what is the story you have about your family? And you get to sort of see what all of her relatives thought about the family. Some liked it, some didn't, some rebelled, some embraced it. Uh, Her relationship to her mother and her mother trying to protect her. Um, uh, it's, It's coming to terms with where you grew up. Right. That's a universal theme. Yeah. Yes. Go, going back to the dysfunction of your family, diving right in. Th- that, that to me was the main experience is like, do you like your family or hate it? And this is like a fucked up family. And th- that was kind of what pulled me through. I, the yeah. Mystery. Is there a curse? Is there actual supernatural things going on? Uh, who's the bad guy? Who's the good guy in your own emotional development? Who's the enabler? That that's kind of what I was really intrigued by. I, I think you're I think you're spot on there because I and and to, to clarify, I know we led with the the darker elements here, but I did really enjoy this experience. I thought it's a I think it's a really cool playthrough, and I think if you have you know the bandwidth and and you know again it's on Game Pass. If you have the the space, it's it's a short a cool experience um, that I think will stick with you. It did feel like it was going to linger with me. Uh, and 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 also to clarify, like like gameplay wise, this is not contra Obradin. This is not a who done it. This is not right. like you're trying to go through and like solve the mysteries. You're just sort of yeah. experiencing these things. So it's 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 presented in a very different way. Um, and also, there's an element of magical realism with a lot of these. Uh, 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 with a lot of these flashbacks, and I think also, you know, within the house itself, because you've got this kind of like, you know, Howl's moving castle, like this gigantic, yeah. um, you know, house that's that had that's had all these extensions and additions built onto it. Uh, as Heather was saying, some of these are walled off, and you have to find secret passages to work your way inside. Um, uh, you know, there's like the there's a moment early on in this. I think actually it's the first character you play through, who's this yeah. this uh, this kid Molly who eats some poison berries and then hallucinates, uh, where she just jumps out a window and is just like, and suddenly I was a cat, and it, it made me lit- me say out loud like, oh wow, like it really yeah. like just yeah. like it was such a startling, cool moment. Yeah, yeah. I I the the thing the other thing is each of the stories in this the short stories in this larger narrative is so iconic. Like every single person has such a fascinating and like dense short story. Mm. Like the guy who there's a guy who lived under the house for 30 years trying to hide from the curse. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a guy who uh, works at the salmon cannery, which is mm. hinted at in your like cold open of this game in your first yeah. moments of the game. Um, and that's another a hallmark of this game is that you'll see as you're walking through one person's memories, you'll see like chairs stuck in a tree. 
And you'll be like, oh, that's an interesting, whimsical design choice. And then later you will see how those chairs arrived in the tree. Mm. Uh, you'll see a, a can of salmon and then later you'll see the work at the, the cannery, which was my favorite portion of the entire game. Yes. Um, it was uh, it, it challenging, challenging uh, input wise. Like, yes. With one hand, you are canning fish, and with the other hand, you are navigating a sort of isometric RPG. Yeah. Uh, and it's happening simultaneously, and there's, like, a reason for it to be happening, which is that this guy finds his job so boring that he starts imagining himself in an entirely different place. Yeah. So you're playing both simultaneously. Um, kept thinking I was going to chop off my hand. Like I thought that was going to be <laughs> right. the thing. I was like, yeah. this guy's going to die because he chops off his hand. And I just, <laughs> maybe I can like avoid that happening if I can can these fish properly. Um, but, but then your inevitable fate is even darker, yeah. grimmer than that. <laughs> yeah. Just that he sticks his neck under there and beheads himself. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I thought that sequence was... Like, honestly, like I, I just if you think of it as a level, it's just like this is like a level that I will think about for a long time. Like this is yeah. this is one that I will be like, oh, yeah, that's one of the coolest levels. I feel like I've maybe played in, I don't know, any game if that's not too yeah. hyperbolic. It's just like it's so fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, it's such a novel way of presenting something interactively. And it 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 kind of like also gives you like the like it's kind of something of a comment on like pl games in and of themselves how they're just like yeah. an escape from drudgery and and yeah. that's basically what this guy's fantasy is playing a video game uh but uh but well i mean like your thoughts on that sequence or 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 any of the game i, I totally agree with heather like i thought that was my favorite sequence uh it was just somewhat difficult to do compared to the rest of the game but i liked that i was ready in the yes. game for some kind of challenge it wasn't crazy hard i was able to get to it somewhat somewhat quickly and then it does represent emotionally the feeling of like escapism with one hand you're living your life and going through and with this other hand you're navigating an internal world i was like wow i haven't seen a video game controller used so well to rep to kind of be a metaphor for something emotionally so right. well mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. also the graphics were really good in that and well throughout the game but they, that Oh, each sequence kind of had its own look. Yeah. So yes. like one of them is like a comic book look. There's that one that sort of looks like a little Nemo in Slumberland kind of fanciful characters thing going on. So uh, I was kind of looking forward to what the new the new vibe would be with each with each one. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that, that was my favorite one. I I also what I what I thought playing this was. So I just had finished Red Dead Redemption most recently, right? And I was like, man, what was it about Red Dead that I liked so much? And the main thing I liked was the stories, like just finding out all these side characters and their stories. Like I couldn't wait to run into another character and see what their story was. Mm -hmm. um, but then the game is massive because in between those moments of meeting characters, you have to do some sort of mundane task. You have to complete essentially a battle or whatever. And then you get another character or story. And this game was like, we're just going to give you character and story. There's almost no puzzle solving or there is, but it's so easy and you're, you're led by the nose exactly what to do. Um, it's just like, just press a bar and we give you another story, press this bar. Right. We give you another story. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I just found that interesting to isolate one of the ways that a video game is entertaining and kind of just give you only that. And, um, I don't know. I thought it was a great execution of it. Again, 
without switching up to other tasks, it gets old. Like I, I would not have wanted to play an eight hour version of Edith Finch. Right. Yeah. Um, but they had really good sense of scope. I think I did this in an hour and 50. Maybe wow. I just speeded through it. I, I don't Speed know. run. Yeah. Did you, I mean, did you find like a secret run button? Like I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. Well, I, I wait, turned emotions off. <laughs> are there speed runs of Edith Finch? <laughs> That's a great question. I would. Lo- I'm gonna. I'm gonna look it up right now because if there is, I would love to see it. That's incredible. <laughs> There's not too many ways to. Sp- just the only way you can speed up is just knowing exactly what to do. Yeah, to, and also to like trim corners as tightly as you could well, because you your 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 cadence is it's pretty set. It's set. Like you can't run. You can't do anything. You have to. Some some of the sequences I didn't quite know what to do at first, and I had to kind of bump around till I mm-hmm. figured out what you're supposed to do. And so mm-hmm. I actually went back and replayed Molly's sequence, the one who ah. becomes a cat and an owl and a shark. Mm-hmm. And that's like the really only part of the game which is like a somewhat difficult video game task. You have to like mm. catch prey right. as the animals. Uh, and the first playthrough, I bumped around for a while with each of my animals. For all mm. the games that I played in the last two years, I'm still like bad at them. I still like take a while just to get good at the mechanics of any game. So I played through it again just to like be good at swooping down and catching rabbits. So my the- second playthrough, I did it like in one fifth the time that I did it before. Wow. wow. Um, the one that I had the most trouble with was the kite flying. Um, oh, yeah. I could not figure out what I was supposed to do, which is just highlight the the words. Like I was yeah. enjoying oh, yeah. flying the kite around. And I'm like, why is it taking so long in between each section of her the story to hear Cause, yeah, more of the, the story? The letter, there'd be a jumble of letters, but you wouldn't necessarily recognize that as a jumble of letters. Yeah. And then once you did, you steer the kite over to it and it's you simply yeah. bump them into place. It, yeah, it I, I had trouble like with a couple until, of those. like the sixth sentence that i was like oh i'm supposed to be doing something <laughs> yeah <laughs> well yeah because uh, th- there isn't uh, you know some of them there is one where i think you literally just press the space bar oh, i was playing on a pc but you know whatever your action button is and you watch a flip book and that's the entire chapter so yeah. you know there are some mm-hmm. that are that limited interactivity uh mm-hmm. we should but the 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 kite sequence by the way i, I brought up a the, the what remains of edith finch speedrun world record uh, right now on speedrun.com is 35 minutes and 31 seconds by urquan <laughs> so pretty impressive <laughs> uh but the uh, I, I like the the aesthetic choice in this game, which is very pleasing and I guess was in development. This is like they they kind of started with this uh, is the subtitles that are just like interspersed with the yeah. geometry. They're just like like all the text appears in the game world and you can, you know, walk up to it uh, and uh, it, it'll sometimes guide your your, you know, field of view, where you're supposed to be looking it will be uh, guided by where the text is appearing. Um, and I think that I thought that was really cool. And for something that's it, again is like kind of like an anthology, a series of short stories. I was like, this absolutely works for what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. It, it reminds me of whatever movies and TV shows first got like really good CGI titles. So they would like you'd be watching a movie, and the title would be partly in the foreground and partly in the background, and then the main character would like walk through the letters. And they oh would just yeah, spur- whenever that first happened, I was like, damn, that's so cool. But now it happens in like. <laughs> The cheapest web series ever has like cool <laughs> titles that somebody walked through or whatever. But yeah, it was it was beautiful in this game. I, I really I really loved it. it. It's very old tech school text adventure feel. Yeah, you know, just like 
words are such a big part of the game. Just like click a button, get more information. It was it was very Zork. I yes. I have no complaints about this game, and I can't remember the last time that I had no complaints about a game. Like there was there is nothing about this game that I can point to and be like, I wish this was different or I wish this sounded different or looked different. Like this game is just, it is like, you can't, yeah. it's like, you can't, you can, you can I, 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 I don't know that I've experienced something like that in a video game before. It's, it's something about art or whatever in general, certainly entertainment experiences where if they set your expectations, they, they, they communicate well what they want to do and then do it. You are pleased, regardless of whether that was an ambitious mm. scope or unambitious. And pretty early, you're like, oh, this is a story game. I get into a room, click the thing, see a story. That's established relatively early. And then they vary the stories each time. So, yeah, I can see what you mean. It, a complete thought is a nice way to describe this game. It's it's pretty wholly realized, e- even though it's it, it is it feels like a short story not a novel in terms of the size of the experience. I don't know. I, I dug it. Um, did, did you uh, like, I'm curious how you guys emotionally connected with Walter Finch, who is the character that Heather mentioned lives underground uh, for 30 years and is eating canned peaches every morning. He, you hear kind of his internal uh, monologue and he's talking about how, you know, the, the routine is what keeps him going. And it is kind of like mer- very much, you know, not not the the amount of time and, and not as restricted uh, and not, certainly not self-imposed, but kind of the world we're living in now where it's just like, oh, this guy is just like I was like, oh, this is kind of what's kept me going is having any semblance of a routine yeah. when I'm just like being so being someone who's fortunate enough to be able to tell a commute and not having to go out in the front lines and 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 work. Uh, it, it it's like like because that monotony is endurable because uh, he has a routine and, and and that's the same same case with me. And then also once he finally emerges from his cavern uh, into the world, uh, he's immediately murked by a train. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I was like, I kind of think I'd be I, like if it was like the first day after I get the vaccine. If I just get like run over by a train, I kind of feel like I'm just be all right with that. I don't know. I don't remember at what point in the game I got realized the family was more sad than happy. Like mm. you get a glimpse of the house from a distance and it looks so fanciful and whimsical. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be some Alice in Wonderland shit. But then it was much more Edward Gorey kind of sad. And like most of the characters in the story are sad. Like there's yes. not many characters who are seem to live happy lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is that necessary? It just seems sort of cynical, but um, it kind of bummed me. I, f- I think I felt most bad for the the brother of the twins who survives. Oh, yeah. There's twins. One of them dies young. That's the swing boy that we talked about, and which I thought was the silliest of the stories. Yeah, it was goofy. Yeah. Um, but the other one who lives his whole life and like becomes real military and into guns and hunting but he had to grow up in a room where, where the his brother's half of the room was preserved. Yes. That was like just like a that that really affected me. Just sort of like, oh, you have to keep living in a room and looking at the memory of your brother who died. Um yeah. especially a twin, which is such a unique close relationship. 
That, that must like, have, it, yeah. It broke my heart. And like that character becomes this kind of seemingly sort of angry military gun guy, uh, a type of person that I don't necessarily relate to in real life very often. Sure. But in this game, I felt for him so much. I just felt like, uh, I think it's said in the narration that he moved out when he turned 18 and never came back or something. And I was like, yes, why would you come back to this room? Like a prison of your grief. Right. Um, it really, it really hit me, I, I, and I was impressed at how impactful that was. Yeah, and and I think that uh, I could be getting the family members confused. I think that's the same character, the the surviving t- twin who has the hunting sequence yes, with his right. daughter. Yes, later. Right. Yeah, and and yeah. the daughter is so. This is this is the player character's grandfather is is this character, and then the the player character's mother is depicted as a young girl. Uh, who is in some way responsible for her father's death? It, but boy, man, her life fucking sucked too. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Which one um, is she? The mom. She's the, the mom. mom of the character. Oh, She's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, like her dad. What and watches her dad's death. Uh, her siblings die, and then like two of her three children die. Yeah, just fucking gruesome. And yeah. her husband. Her husband too. Yeah. Yes. Um. What a and bummer. So, yeah, and, and she is, what a bummer. Uh, but <laughs> in, in a way, what uh, stuck to me about the mom is she's kind of like, to the daughter, to you, are like, we're getting out of here. We're moving yes. out of here. We're not putting up with your grandma's enabling bullshit. We're leaving. And I totally related to that. And, you know, the, there's a sequence where the your mother is pretty cruel to your grandmother. But, of course, you totally understand it. She's been through so much hardship that she's had it. She goes into full total war mode. We are cutting ties to this family right now. And I think like it does. I mean, I've had fights with family members and when you are in it, when you're caught up in your shit, like you are beyond, it is beyond you to have like perspective to to lose patience with a family member. You feel trapped sometimes Mm. by like emotions that have just been built up for so many years. Uh, And I felt this game weirdly communicated that in an impressive way. I thought that was sort of, even though it was sad and gruesome and cynical, I was just sort of blown away by the subtlety of the story. Yeah, I, I, I think the, I think the writing is it, it really hits those emotional notes effectively. Um, and the other, the other thing it did well was it laid out. I, I really the machine part of me likes this when you get like a roadmap so you know the lay of the land and how much you have left. Like pretty early, you look into your notebook and there's like a family tree. And there's just names and they're all blank. And as you see each story, it's filled in with a portrait. So you can kind of easily measure how far along in the game you are at all times. You're like, okay, I guess I've got like two thirds of these things filled in or whatever. I kind of dig that. I like in games when it gives you, you can see how much of the book you have left to read. Sort of. For sure. You want a hundred percent Edith Finch and you're like, <laughs> okay, I got six more guys to go. I mean, I was... Definitely active. I did start to go back and do the trophies, but after I did like three of them, I was like, this is not that kind of game. (laughs) I liked that it unlocked the trophies after the game ended. That, at least in my During the credits, yeah. uh, Yeah, that's right. It unlocks trophies during the credits. And I was like, oh, thank God this didn't pop up during the story. Because I would have been so bummed out if it had been like, Bling, you saw the death of a squirrel.
we should talk about the 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 very ending because I think this is this is something that a, that a lot of people have had takes on. But just the the ending is so you're you're playing as Edith the whole game and you're conveying this uh, who your your who your player character is talking to is unseen and in the end you are playing as your your character switches and you you play your own birth you are yeah. you are you are emerging from the player character's womb yeah. in that final sequence yeah which was which was interesting i i'm not sure how i feel about it <laughs> what because you weren't born you were built <laughs> I, I don't know i i almost i guess i almost just felt like it was uh, uh, almost too on the nose for something that deals with death incessantly to be like we're gonna we're gonna flip the script and you're gonna play a birth at the very end but it also is clever and uh, emotionally satisfying so I, I guess i'm i guess i'm on board I maybe got a little, just like a little, uh, a little all right at that part. <laughs> I, I felt like, here's what I don't like about birthing sequences and stuff <laughs> is they're mm -hmm. always so clean. Like, sure. <laughs> not that I wanted this to be gruesome, but like you're swimming towards the light and it's like, yeah. dude, that is not what a birth is in any yeah. way. Like right. even yeah. if you have like a, acid flashback and you can recall your birth it's never going to be like i was in a sleeping bag and i climbed towards Just had the a open. pleasant little a pleasant little <laughs> swim yeah, yeah. Fell right um out. i um yeah, yeah. I, I think i think i liked it um i didn't actually think too much about the actual birth sequence yeah that was a little cutesier dandyish for for what it is but the the decision to show i don't know hello here we are getting being born. <laughs> little constitutional down the vaginal track ah, refreshing <laughs> but the you know you reveal that edith this whole time has been addressing her unborn child and worried about what the curse might mean for him or something and she's writing it in case she dies from the curse so that he has some knowledge of her Mm -hmm. is revealed like right at the end. And then the very, very final shot is these, the, the boy, the son, putting flowers on you, Edith's grave. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so this kid never knew his mother. She died in childbirth or soon after or something. At the yeah. age of 18, I believe. Wow. She was 18. Yeah. Yeah, she's 18 and pregnant and during the playthrough and then dies, I don't know, childbirth or soon after or something. Yeah. I guess we don't know. We don't know how or when she dies. I do like the excellent reveal that she's pregnant, which is in the middle of a climbing sequence. Mm -hmm. And she says, had I known that I would be doing so much climbing, I may not have wanted to be 22 months pregnant or 22 weeks pregnant. Yeah. Months. yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> but, but, uh, 22 months. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, the other reveal. This is not a human species. <laughs> uh but then after that, you can look down and see your body. And I look down, and you can see your belly. Like your yes. belly's been clear the whole time, but it's not like protruding enough that it's like yeah. super noticeable. But once it's once it's revealed that you're pregnant, you can look down and be like, "Oh yeah, I am pregnant." Look at that. Yeah, that's a rad. <laughs> that's a rad detail. I, I I really like that. Um. Well, we should get to our final thoughts on what remains of Edith Finch. It's time for our review crew. Review crew. Review crew. 
Thanks, Will. Oh, uh, so, so we'll each say something positive <laughs> and give this game a numerical decibel rating. Uh, I will lead. I, I, I really enjoyed this game. I thought it was it was a really cool experience. And if you haven't played through it and uh, you have a couple hours, I'd, I'd advise it. it. Even if you're a non-gamer, it's not particularly difficult. So um, I, it's just a really cool interactive experience. My positive thing will be that the Barbara Finch, who is the has this sort of sequence where you play through her death as a, tr- a Tales from the Crypt-esque comic, uh, was a child star. And the movie she started as a as a child was My Friend Bigfoot, and I just like the title My Friend Bigfoot. <laughs> um, so I'll give this game a uh, I'll I'll give this game an eight point nine. Uh, Heather, what do you think? Um, you know this feels like the kind of game I would I would come on the podcast and be like, I don't like this. This isn't a game. Right. And I really didn't have that experience. I really enjoyed this game, and. I have read some negative reviews about it and they're very interesting to me. And I think if you're going to write a negative review and that review is still going to be interesting, then what you're describing is actually a really good game. And um, I truly loved being the tentacle of a (laughs) sea creature and coming up out of a toilet uh, yeah. <laughs> to kill somebody was pretty great. Um, yeah, just, it was, it was a really pleasurable thing all around. How do you not, it's weird. I don't feel like I'm grading this on the same, I'll give it a nine, but like, why wouldn't it be a 10? Mm. You know, it's, yeah. it, it's, I think because of my own wants and desires for like some kind of win loss state or something. I don't know. It just doesn't, it's a perfect, perfect game on a different scale. Does that make Mm. sense? Yeah. 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 Also, this this episode of our show is just like, all of us are just like real thoughtful, you know, like (laughs) it it puts you in that kind of mood. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Matt, what do you think? For me, yeah, this was interesting because, like, I this was also, yeah, one of the games that I it's easy to finish. I finished it, um, like right before I think I finished it on like Christmas Eve day. Like, I was like, I played through it in like ah. two hours. Um, but it was sort of making me, yeah, it was bumming me out because, like, I, I, you know, uh, it's about like generational trauma and like i was just thinking about like like my family i was like oh my family's sort of like small by design i wouldn't necessarily know like all these things about different relatives of my you know in my in my family tree and like if i could even name like further than like my grandparents i would be like interested but i can't and so i was like this is like this was such a a a neat experience to see but i was also like each each story the thing my positive thing about it is that each story, it, you play the game differently each time. Like, it's not like you're going to do this. It's not obviously they all die in different ways, but I feel like your, your mode of, like, input is different in each sequence. Like, you're not yes. ever really repeating the same activity. You don't, like, not yeah. all of them are, like, walking around or whatever. It's, so, like, that yeah. kept it fresh and kept it interesting enough for me to, like, not get up off the couch and, and play, like, all of, it, all of it in one sitting. Um, so, and and I thought it was just like a beautiful, like beautifully told story. And so I think I am going to give this a 10. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Apodaca going high. Yeah. Uh, will, uh, your, your positive thing, your score. 
I mean, I, I think Heather, when she said it was a complete thought, has articulated something that I felt about it, which is like, it is hard to grade this game because it doesn't do all the things that a video game can do. There's just for being so short, just for not having really for puzzles or, you know, arcade game challenges or whatever. There's just things that doesn't even try to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it would be like, how do you, how do you review a movie where it's two characters in a room and nothing traditionally cinematic happens, but if the story's really good and you're gripped by the movie, I don't know. It's like, it does what it's set outs to do so elegantly. So like on its own terms, it's a 10. Uh, but I, if you're asking for my number, if I was like in a list of games and I was just telling, I feel like the number that communicates the experience is eight. Hmm. I give it an eight, which is like a really well done experience. It is not all things that a game can be, but it is, uh, I, I understand now all those reviews I saw on the best of lists, which is like the, this, the game was in nobody's top 10, but everybody who wrote a little review of it was like, you got to try it. Like, this is a really unique experience that you'll enjoy. Yeah, for sure. And 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 I think, you know, this is this it, it you know, this belongs to that that genre of games that are almost the often derisively called walking simulators. You know, it's just like where the the interactivity is is intentionally by design kind of limited. But I think this is as these go, this is like this is how this is such a, a, a an awesome execution of it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, hey, we were pretty positive about this one. But hey, Heather, maybe we're wrong. Maybe we were wrong. We've got reviews from all over the internet that uh, protest our high scores and say, <laughs> maybe you were wrong. How did this get played? How um, dare you, sir? How dare you? <laughs> how I, dare you? You I, insult the office of the presidency, <laughs> sir. <laughs> I have a review here that because of the moderation settings on the forum, every swear word has been blurred out. So I'm going to fill in the swear words that... Uh, uh, I believe apply. Mm. <laughs> uh, this is from Legit Player. Uh, review from 2019. <laughs> uh, pointless story, says the review headline. Decent and original gameplay elements, but why all the shit fuck family live in the same house for 200 years? <laughs> why so many rooms locked when people die, yet every furniture and item stays same, never touched? Wasn't Edith the last stupid woman left of the Finch family, but in the ending, there was a boy in the graveyard as the last Finch? Is the house cursed or all the family happen to be mentally horse-fucked? Why most of them have Scandinavian names and especially Odin as the oldest member of the family? Just another thing for shock effect? That was the <laughs> negative review. <laughs> I was shocked throughout the game how Scandinavian everyone was. Yeah. I couldn't handle what it. A, what a gimmick, I said. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> real lowest common denominator, just laying out a bunch of Scandinavian names. Was horse in there, or did you add that too? <laughs> oh, that was one of mine. That was I, I added that. <laughs> Um, I've got I've got one. This is from Metacritic. This is by reverse underscore you. This is a one out of ten. Absolutely terrible piece of crap mixed with steamy diarrhea and boogers. 
IMO not zero out of 10 because devs made such a game intentionally to win BAFTA uh, Goatee, a uh, game of the year, and they did it without even trying to make their product actually good and putting nearly no effort in it, but pretending it was a very hard work of a professional team, lol. I have nothing against them. Uh, uh, the game itself is ter- absolutely terrible in any aspect. Design of the location is vapid. Characters, there's literally none of them. You play as an invisible dot floating around 1.6 meters above the surface, sometimes pretending to be a human by making noise. Story itself and storytelling are only made to play on feelings of 14-year-old, edgy, unstable kids. On top of that all, it runs poorly on PC. The worst game I've ever played in my entire life, far worse than Horsefuck, like Heavy Rain, <laughs> Until Dawn, Atlas, or even Fallout 76. Do not waste your time on this. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I have, to have to think about that. I would <laughs> like to cite a negative review that I think is really good, uh, which was on EGM. It's a seven out of 10. So it's still a positive negative review. Uh, uh, it was reviewed by Josh Harmon. And look, I'm, I'm going to read one paragraph from this review, but I think the review is worth reading. So go ahead and look it up if you want to see like a contrarian take on this. Um, his argument is that the game is not well written. Mm. Um, and that if you're going to make a game where the writing is uh, showcased, that the story needs to be better than this. Uh, one of his paragraphs towards the end, uh, in a story that is ostensibly about life and death, The closest thing we get to a thematic statement delivered by Edith in the game's closing moments is essentially a rephrasing of the bromide that lives on bedroom posters of teenage girls everywhere. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. I doubt that in Search of Lost Time, Infinite Jest, or any of the other books scattered around the Finch house would be regarded as great works if they ended with an invitation to dance like there's nobody watching. Um, It's, it is a really biting review uh that's like this could have been a lot more uh and wasn't and i think that this game was good and i disagree with josh but i wanted to call out his review as 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 being interesting Hmm. um i think there's something to i mean i don't know i mean i i think i think also that i i think this one this game should be thought of, of, of what? Why am I fucking arguing with this guy? What do I? What am I doing? <laughs> well, there there is there is an interesting. This does, uh, you know, Heather. You're right. A, a well written negative review that's interesting speaks well to the game, even if somebody didn't enjoy it. Like, yes, that uh, it makes me think of like, what is the point of making this? Like, is there a lesson? Is there a morality that's trying to be given? I don't think there really is, but it's it might be trying to sort of cheat and kind of be this like happy ending inspiring. But really the parts that are inspiring are kind of cheap sentimentality and the real message, not a lesson, but the real message is like life is fucked up. Like death happens. People are cruel. Not everything's good. And, and uh, that's it. Like, (laughs) right. Um, And the, and the art, the artfulness of the game is its choice of details that trigger in you feelings. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like the message, oh, death happens sometimes cruelly, who cares? But like the idea that somebody's poisonous, poisoned last moments of sickness would be filled with a fantasy of being a sea monster that gets to eat people. Like that that's a girl's secret fantasy that she wants to be a sea monster and devour people is like fun. Like mm-hmm. it's sure. the, the devils in the details and the angels in the details. Like 
Yeah, maybe the maybe the underlying lesson and message of this game is trite, but it it wins on the details. Like I just was so moved so often. Uh yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And and I, I think what I was gonna say just just because the the author brought up or the writer brought up infinite jest and uh, you know remembrance of things past or whatever. It's it's just like this also is. Like this is a novella at best. This is like a short story mm-hmm. length mm-hmm. experience. So you know, maybe yeah, maybe he's not going to have the thematic depth of something like that. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's time for the question block. <laughs> All right, this. <laughs> All right, this one is from at Josh Siebert on Twitter, and they write, "I loved this game. Much like Gone Home, it's basically a movie that you walk through." What franchise or video game character would you like to be seen given the walking simulator treatment and focus solely on telling a complicated and nuanced story? You know, there kind of is this sequence. It, 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 you know, there's some light puzzle solving if memory serves, but in one of the Paper Marios, I think it's, I think it's the Paper Mario for GameCube, you play as Peach. Uh, and and it's, and it's like, it, it is kind of cool to just sort of be like, you're Peach in captivity, and you're just sort of like experiencing what that's like. Um, and it's, I don't know, they're, they're, they're really cool, uh, little moments. And I, I guess what that, that makes me think of like, I, I, I'd be interested in kind of a, a, you know, something maybe in the Zelda universe that was just like, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it Zelda as Sheik is such a, a dynamic and interesting character, but kind of like, like exploring that side of, uh, uh of, of Zelda and just sort of seeing like Zelda's perspective um in something that maybe didn't have the scope and the uh the action of a, a, a of, of of a proper Zelda game that's where my mind goes um Heather anything for you I mean I feel like games I feel like the game the characters in games are often designed around their mechanics is that like Sure. I, I don't know how to articulate what I'm saying is that like I would rather see a story about somebody that I don't know than to have a walking simulator interactive semi interactive experience for somebody I do, because if I'm going to have that, then I would rather just read it in the instruction booklet. That's not supposed to sound as contrarian as it is coming out. But <laughs> like I, I, I don't need to see Ryu in like a haunting deconstruction of why he fights like Ryu exists because he's in a fighting game does that yeah I I, I, I feel like an asshole so I'm just gonna say Blanca Mm -hmm. like oh it'd be awesome (laughs) (laughs) what's going on with that guy how do you get in that box Uh, (laughs) he's in a cage at the beginning of a level let's 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 see how he got there Uh, well, you're someone. I, 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 and again, you're you're newer to games, but but yeah. you know this this walking simulator uh, genre. Is there are there many games you played, or or any I guess any media you've experienced where you're like, oh, this would be cool as like sort of an interactive <laughs> presentation. Yeah, I haven't. I've played a lot of games, but I've played these big, massive games where there sort of is some version of like exploring the internal life, at least a little bit. Sure. In each one, so. I'm going to say I have to go outside of video games and say that in Star Trek The Next Generation, I always feel like Worf never got his due. I always <laughs> felt like Data, they were heavy on Data stories and light on Worf stories. And the Klingon who was raised by humans, I always wanted to hear more about him. So 
Somebody do a walking simulator, and this was Warfiest was the third W for this yes, episode, Yes, it was. Right? So I'll say inspired by that partly. Let me see a walking simulator of Worf, uh, what it's like to be the uh, Klingon who's in the Federation. I, I, I think that was never explored nearly enough. That's uh, Worf. I love it. Uh, hit us up with your questions on Twitter and Instagram at GetPlayedPod, or send us an email at GetPlayedPod at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail at 616-2PLAYED. That's 616-275-2933. Our music and engineering is by our MVP, Devin Bryant. You can follow him on Twitter at BaffleGabs. And our guest this week has been the great Will Hines. Will, thank you so much for coming right. back on the show. Always so for having me. to talk to you about anything. I was thrilled. Um, anything you'd like to plug? Uh, sure, yeah. I have a podcast. It's called the I Will Write Your Book and uh, I play a character named Will Hines who writes novels for people. And hey. my comedian friends come on. Nick came on and did this. Uh, Matt came on and did this. Heather's eluded us, but I, I respect her still. Um, uh, my comedian friends come on and, and as characters who want books written. So check, check it out. It's improvised and silly. You know, you know that type of shit. I will write your book. Uh, a lot of fun to do. A lot of fun to listen to. Uh, thank you so much, Will. And hey, Matt, what's happening with next week's episode? Next week, we're going to spend 70 minutes in gaming heaven. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, Bucket. Edge.